0: Welcome to Union Thoughts. This is episode number two. Um, as always, um, we've actually got a really we've got a really good episode. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about May Day, which is coming up, of course, this Friday, and uh, we think there's going to be some interesting stuff that's going to make this a unique and interesting May Day. Um, I, of course, am uh, Connor Lewis. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at at the House Red. I'm a union rep in Pennsylvania and an editor of the labor publication strike wave. Um, And then, yeah, um, we also have uh, Diana.
1: Hey, sorry. I was on mute having a conversation with my cat this week. (laughs) Joining me for the union thoughts. I have Calvin with us.
2: Hi, Calvin. Calvin, Of course that
0: was uh, Jeff.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Jeff, a uh, teacher in New Orleans, uh, a member of AFT Union, and also uh, one of the hosts of Good Morning Comrade. What's going on?
0: How's it going? And then as our guest this week, uh, we have someone that unfortunately is way too familiar with dealing with me, uh, Brendan <laughs> O'Connor. Uh, he's a freelance writer, editor you of Strikeway, member of the National Writers' Union Freelance Solidarity Project. Uh, Brendan, this is our second Zoom call today, right?
3: this is this is our second zoom call of the day and my third zoom call of the day
0: i mean basically we exist on zoom
2: at yeah. this point life is but yeah. a zoom sweetheart i think i think that was what diana posted on facebook or something like that like life is wow a zoom. i'm having
1: my personal facebook get like quoted in here am i that much of an influencer now guys i thought it was a funny i was joke gonna
0: say jeff you are doxing diana right now and i thank you to a facebook <laughs> yes
1: typical typical DS yeah errors. i'm
0: just oh kidding my God.
1: um <laughs> we're gonna edit that out right nope yeah
0: Absolutely no, cancel me now this is a this is a one take only uh podcast
1: live on sunday yeah. night
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i clearly from the beginning of this uh we're all doing great right now like <laughs> quarantine is fantastic yeah um i personally i i my cat is here with me um he doesn't know what's going on he doesn't know what podcasts are to
1: the screen so uh, he so- can say hi to calvin
0: yeah, um, cats need so, to have cat friends. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's comfortable with that. I want to respect his boundaries. <laughs> um, how's relief. everyone else doing with uh, with quarantine?
1: Totally not cracking at mm. all. I'm totally yeah. normal, and sane and like my absolute typical self. Nothing <laughs> is happening over here at all.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, she says night? with a
1: yeah. snap camera filter on her hair that is just <laughs> the purple. way now. Like, I'm on, like, meetings now with this filter, which, by the way, Purple Brendan, hair. this is the first time you and I have met. This is yeah. not my hair color, but this is just what I am now because I'm no longer me. I am whatever the Zoom screen presents. Totally not cracking over here at all.
0: <laughs> I mean, I uh, actually went to, uh, like, a, a tiny little bar in, um, in a town right I right near me um tiny little hole in the wall bar that was doing growler fills because i was like i need Woo! i need beer right now and it was like a strangely emotional experience to like just be in a bar yeah there was nobody there and they were like i was like eight feet away from the person that was doing the growler fill but still it was just like this is strange yeah
1: as a catholic do you feel like it's the same strange feeling you feel on christmas when you go to like church the one time for the year?
0: (laughs) No, 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 because Catholics are very comfortable in bars usually.
1: Yeah, that is true. true.
0: (laughs) Not in church, but in bars, yes.
1: (laughs) That's like the one difference that Muslims and Catholics have from one another.
0: (laughs) The bars. Yeah, the bars.
1: (laughs) I mean, like we, it's not saying that Muslims don't like the bar, but we're definitely not comfortable in them.
2: There you go. Happy Ramadan, by the
1: way. Happy, happy ramadan Ramadan, thank you thank you it's a resident muslim who's definitely not fasting and definitely drinking beer right now
0: um,
1: i appreciate all
0: the uh, attention
2: <laughs> it's a self-call out
0: <laughs> um so how's everyone else doing with quarantine what's what's life like
2: i'm playing a lot of animal crossing i dug a hole today I
0: everybody went... here. There I was heard a cat. it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! You love, let's acknowledge the cat, please. You, you, you love cat cats so much. <laughs> my cat is definitely trying to participate in the podcast. Right oh now. my god!
1: <laughs> you want speak, and then Huey was like, well, <laughs> "Chime in!" That was adorable.
2: I want to tell us about his quarantine.
1: Oh my god!
2: How about you, Brendan?
3: Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, hanging in there. My mm-hmm. cat is also with me. She's very quiet. She. She. She won't chime in.
2: What's her name? Um,
3: uh, her name is Rabbit.
2: Aww. Rabbit the
1: cat.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Rabbit the cat. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I'm. I'm in. I'm in New York City. Um, things are very. Are very strange here. Mm-hmm. Uh, our. <laughs> our cannot... mayor is is terrible. Yeah, I cannot and imagine our having our governor is even worse.
2: I can't imagine having that many people. Like, in, like, because New York, New York is just, like, people living on top of people and living on top of people. I cannot imagine yeah. a quarantine sort of situation, like, in that context. You know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. seems like there's so many people that you can't avoid them <laughs> to some extent.
3: No, for sure. And, I mean, like, there's a big, there's, like, an ongoing ongoing fight right now mm-hmm. about how, like, the mayor doesn't want to... um like open up open up the streets for pedestrians which you know like would be a completely sensible thing to do is because yeah like going to be incredibly especially as it gets nicer out it's going to be increasingly yeah. difficult for people what
2: are you gonna do maintain. arrest everybody on the streets you well,
3: know well well no i mean there's just like there's still cars yeah oh okay um, but like close, like if we just ban cars yeah that would be <laughs> dope and people, actually and let people walk around i mean yeah I, I'm, uh, and then we should just keep it that way
2: yeah permanently hey, forever
1: hey, hey, let's not get too ahead of ourselves and I I, I I am not gonna sign off on any call for banning cars at no least in way. like
2: at <laughs> least in like down i'm just
1: kidding it's definitely a conversation that's worth having at yeah. any point especially now i say that as a joke from somebody in the motor fucking <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh
2: yeah that's yeah that's interesting I've been playing a lot of yeah, animal I mean, crossing.
0: I don't know, like living in central Pennsylvania, like it's definitely you can get away from people. At least I can I can go outside. Like there's no problem going outside. Like I can travel places and like be exist in a not like hermetically sealed environment. Yeah. So
1: I mean, well, congratulations on not having a dictator bitch governor like Austin, Michigan. We're clearly like if I even like even like thought about outside, then I'm totally going to just get arrested on the spot because that is like all of my um, freedom are being infringed upon right now because right. my governor is different than yours. And that so, she's just a bitch.
0: So uh, I believe that the proper term is the Wolverine queen. Wolverine um. <laughs> Queen. So, deflect so appropriately. Explain what's when you're happening. addressing the Wolverine Queen.
2: Explain what you're we, talking about, Diana.
1: We can we can have a comprehensive conversation about Gretchen Whitmer that is serious and based on other things that's important to have, especially considering how much she's getting pulled into a national conversation, what have you. But right now, let's just appreciate that these idiot right wingers are trying to like get her by giving her the nickname Wolverine Queen.
2: <laughs> that
3: sounds kind of cool,
1: actually, though. actually, I that sounds will say this, ass to ass their that, credit, yeah. they got her ass only because Gretchen Whitmer is a Spartan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, literally something that only matters to people from so, Michigan. So <laughs> I don't
1: really know if, like, Ohio, them maybe. i in that, like, they got her. However... I feel like I totally want to own that nickname. Wolverine Queen is a hell of a badass nickname.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's fucking metal as hell. Isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. The Wolverine
2: well, yeah. Wolverine
1: state? is just a don't
0: cool... R- Wolverine is just a cool queen word. It would be so much cooler, though. Uh, differently nah, cool. you're from nah. the
1: Wolverine state, though... <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I literally thought until like maybe three months ago, like the whole thing about like Red Dawn and Wolverines had something to do with Michigan.
1: It absolutely had to do with Michigan. Red Dawn No, it doesn't.
0: It's Colorado. Oh, Red Dawn. I thought you
1: were talking about the movie. No, like, no, not the, the not the remake, act, the original one.
0: Like I thought it was like I thought the whole Wolverine thing was like, oh, of course, like ridiculous like right wing militia anti communism stuff, Michigan, Wolverines. It all makes sense. So blue.
1: <laughs> hey, it's a than like Ryan Queen would have been.
0: Uh,
1: well.
2: So moving on, we want to what do we yeah. want to talk about today?
0: Uh, I think May Mayday. Yeah Mayday is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um I so what's Mayday, Connor? I don't know, but like isn't so Jeff, you've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Right. Um Is it I've been like I literally like in preparation for this episode did a bunch of Googling and like Uh half of the shit that I came across was all about an Animal Crossing update. (laughs) I haven't been playing it. I couldn't find a Nintendo (laughs) Switch anywhere. Like why is everything on strike? Yeah,
2: so it would be cool if it was. I think this is more like first day of spring kind of stuff. They have like a like a earth sort of scene. Anybody not playing Animal Crossing, that's like the one game that seemingly everybody on the internet's playing right now. You play Brendan? No. No. But anyway, it's like you have you go on this island and you I'm like
0: playing Call of Duty. Ah so you're just
2: murdering people instead of like growing flowers. I've been playing,
0: uh, I played The Last of Us on PlayStation Four. This was a bad fucking time to play The Last of Us. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all yeah. about a pandemic. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: i couldn't really do Call of Duty. i don't know i just was i don't know i first person shooters make me nauseous i don't know what it is it's a tunnel thing
1: if yeah. my brother ever stopped hogging the damn ps4 i'm gonna totally get into final fantasy 7 remake Uh
0: yeah that's on my list so i i'm just i'm curious since animal crossing came up who the fuck is Tom Nook? Tom Nook. I okay. To so
2: Tom Nook is like this little like a raccoon. It's called a tanuki, right? It's like a, a Wolverine dog guy. He's <laughs> And the first thing you do when you show up on this like island is he's like, oh yeah, here's your your tent, and this is where you're gonna live, and oh by the way, you owe me fifty thousand bells, which is like the currency that I made up and that I control. <laughs> you know, it's like one of these sorts of things that you're just constantly in debt to this guy.
1: He uh, saw a little screenshot. Is this an indentured
2: servant? Yeah, I what saw him,
1: <laughs> and I'm like, this motherfucker
0: is so cute. He's
2: adorable, <laughs> but he's also a monster.
0: What? Is he an adorable loan shark? Yeah. And then
2: he oh said, he goes on to say that oh I created my own currency called Miles. And if you do these things that i determined to be worthy of Miles, then you get them and you you know you could, you can purchase these things on my own like secret market. It's like the economics of this game are absolutely ridiculous. And then when you consider to extrapolate that, because this is like an online game, and everybody can like has their own little island and each island has a Tom Nook. I don't know if they're the same <laughs> Tom Nooks. I don't know if there's just a Tom Nook like just everywhere. I don't know if there's a central hive mind of com- Tom Nooks, but it's mm. just a real real hair-raising situation when you think about it.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I mean, like, does I'm...
1: that really sound too unfamiliar with our no. reality right now? There's a Tom no. Nook on every one yeah. of our fucking islands. Yeah. Yeah. All of us subway, know a shape, Tom Nook. A
2: combination boss... like, we
1: all know a Tom Nook. And speaking of the Tom Nooks Or shall we just put it in layman's terms, the landlords of the world? Yeah. I hear that May Day this year falls on. I don't know. Rent is due day.
2: (laughs) Doesn't it always? (laughs) I mean,
3: it does every year.
1: Oh yeah, that's true, but what's unique about this year? People can't pay rent yeah. right now, it's, so... It's, it's rent is due during a pandemic. Every other important thing matters the most, like, I think right now. How are people going to pay the rent on May 1st?
0: Yeah, so, like, this is a really interesting question that, like, is a unique thing about May Day this year that, like... And we'll get into, like, the, the background of May Day, um, but... One of the unique things this year is that there's a lot of like discussion around like tenant strikes and mm-hmm. just and the reality that like a lot of Americans right now we're at we're at, what, hovering at like twenty percent unemployment? Is it it's, it changes? If it's not high hi- if it's not that it's higher. Yeah, like at least twenty percent unemployment.
1: Like, 98% of certain industries. Yeah. Mortality.
0: Yeah. And a lot of industries, like the vast majority, if not nearly everyone, is laid off. Like the reality is that even if it's not like a deliberate political move, the reality is that a lot of Americans simply can't pay rent. So, like, Brittany, you wrote a piece for Jewish Currents um, actually recently about this. Um, I mean, what's your perspective on like some of the discussion about like rent strikes or just like, what's the potential here, especially given that like it's actually going to fall on May day when you have all of this kind of like historical resonance, I guess.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, the piece, the piece that I did for Jewish currents was um, right before, like right uh, before rent was due last month. Um, And at that point, uh, the you know national and, and global economic situation hadn't yet re, hadn't re, wasn't at the point that it that it's at now, but the conversations were already starting. And and what I was doing was talking to tenant organizers around the country about about precisely this question and and how to navigate um, a situation where you have a, a large and growing number of people who simply by virtue of their, uh, like by by virtue of circumstance are not able to pay rent and how to kind of push that and organize that towards a strike. And, you know, the, the obstacle is that people, people not being able to, to pay rent is not quite the same thing as withholding right, right. choosing or not to the, like, choosing
2: not to pay is a significantly different thing than the inability to pay
3: right um in the same way that like being unemployed is not the same thing as going on strike like exactly like, right. and but but they're you know but so what a lot of people are are trying to do is figure out like for one thing how to kind of stitch together like people who are who still have the money to pay rent, but are obviously in an increasingly precarious position, uh, to get them to act in solidarity with the people who are already, um, you know, scraping the bottom of their checking accounts, yeah. um, so that like, if there's one person in your building who can't pay, then nobody should pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, you know, when 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 I talk to folks. About a month ago, like I said, this was kind. This was kind of we were kind of still in the early stages of this, and there were a lot of people who, frankly, there were a lot of people who were like not experienced ten, tenant organizers who were getting activated and getting mobilizing around this. Which, mm-hmm. um, on the one hand, was really exciting, and and the other hand meant that like people were having to learn really quickly how right. difficult tenant organizing is. Um, but you know now, you know we're all, we're almost four weeks four weeks in now, and and the wider situation is even worse. So I do think that there will be, I think this is going to continue to escalate, um, either you know by by choice or by 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 circumstance. Um, and so I think, you know, I, I think May May first there's going to be there's going to be a lot of tenant a lot of landlords who are not getting paid.
2: So I have a question. Um, go ahead, Diana. I'll come after you.
1: Well, no. So, I'm I'm just really curious. So, I know there was a little there was a movement around tenant rights prior to COVID, and obviously, right now it's magnified more than ever. I'm I'm curious if like goals have changed under COVID, or if if right now it's more like you know this is absolutely necessary. Like people, it's it, like we we just mentioned it's not even a matter of not withholding. It's because you can't. Mm -hmm. and I'm just wondering if like what kind of what are like the organizing wins right now and if they differ than what they would have been before COVID because I wonder how it also connects to like local ordinances that are being passed and like the pressure that's happening on city councils and you know at what Mm. level is it the most like pressure is maybe that's just for politically but
3: yeah I mean there's kind of it's happening, I think, at a few different at a few different levels. I mean, on the one hand, there's obviously negotiations that will happen between tenants and landlords on on a like on a building level. Um, but I think, in terms of the movement that is coalescing around this, the focus, as far as I have seen, has primarily been on state legislatures, because there have been a number of legislatures, like New York, for example, that uh, imposed. A moratorium on evictions, for, uh, for uh, like, a a limited time. Mm -hmm. Um, But the demand there is to say that like that is far from sufficient because, you know, when this moratorium is over, then landlords are just going to come, they're going to come for their money. You know, several months of rent. So what is necessary is to to cancel, um, to cancel both rent payments and. And mortgage payments, mm-hmm. um, so there's an interesting kind of alignment of interests as well between tenants and landlords, or or even smaller developers who are finding themselves, um, you know, stretched thin because they have to pay off their mortgages.
2: Yeah. So I guess one of the things that I uh, really think about when it comes to these kind of situations, when I see um, these kinds of movements or you know energy behind things like strikes or rent strikes in this situation Uh, coming up in cities I think you listed about at least half a dozen I think you had Durham in there you had um, parts of Washington you had DC New York and and California Um, do you have any idea what happens in sort of less densely populated less urban areas when it comes to things like rent and organizing tenants or is that something that's really not comparable
3: that is a great question um, to which I don't really have an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, uh, the as, as difficult as tenant organizing is in in cities where like people are all stacked on top of each other, um, when people, when folks are, are spread out, I think it becomes even harder, which is not to say it's any less necessary. Um, sure. But no, I'm not, I'm not really sure what, what the status is and, 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 outside of the cities
2: okay thank you it, it, it's really interesting when I see this kind of situation like hopefully like this can become something that develops the energy to become something that has legs to kind of push forward nationally uh so that's sort of one of the things that that kind of catches me up when it comes to this sort mm-hmm. of thing Diana
1: yeah and so like bringing it back to Mayday like May first is May Day every year, right? Exactly. And apparently, as I learned in this podcast today, it's where rent is due every year, May first.
2: <laughs> so, is is
1: maybe that just bringing it back? Is is that maybe something that we can start looking forward to now under COVID? That all the organizing, however creative that might be, right now around tenant. Uh, rights and May first coming up this year. What's it going to look like May first, twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two for tenant rights? Yeah,
0: that's that's a really good point. And actually, like maybe it would be helpful for us to just kind of like take a step back and like, what is May Day? Like just for, for the benefit of our like listeners, like what is May Day? Yeah,
2: what the hell is May Day? So.
0: The I mean, an ancient pagan
2: festival.
3: There
0: is that. Um, in fact, my friend, <laughs> you Eric have my Scott attention. Would, yeah. Would insist. Uh, and like as, a, as a Catholic, <laughs> I need to insist on the fact that it is one of two feast days of the Catholic patron saint of workers, St. Joseph, the worker, you know, husband oh, know to that. Mother Mary, uh, the father of uh, etc. Et heard of him. But yeah, I, I heard of him. Um, so. I mean, May Day, I mean, since the Haymarket Affair, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the late 19th century, um, has kind of been selected by labor militants, by, um, you know, especially like the left, um, especially the second international, uh, the second socialist international, has been kind of like designated as International Workers' Day. Mm -hmm. Um, And...
2: And the Haymarket Affair was, a, was an explosion that took place, and there was a, basically a bombing of a market, the Haymarket, right? Right. And a riot.
0: So, yeah, there's... It, it was I'm a, doing a terrible was, job
2: because I don't have my thoughts together, but...
0: No, no, it, it, was, wow. it was basically...
1: <laughs> like we should do a segment of Jeff oh, describes yeah. labor history.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that we need like a drunk history episode that is just Jeff describing labor I history. I can do that. Um, I think there actually is a Drunk History episode on the Haymarket uh, Affair. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Haymarket Affair was basically um, labor protests Protests depending on who you ask. Uh, There may have been a bomb thrown. Mm -hmm. You may assign blame different places. But effectively, it was, you know, a labor demonstration um, in in, uh, the 1880s um, over, you know, just God-awful working conditions for working Americans at that exactly. time. Um that said, organized labor has spent the subsequent uh, I'm not a math guy, 140 years or so. Um Long running away time. from that. And of course, we have Labor Day in September as like a more politically, you know, sanitized alternative to May Day. Um so historic... i've never heard labor
1: day described as the politically sanitized version of it. <laughs> well,
0: that, that reflects somebody that reflects has some
1: saltiness up. about yeah. labor day i can't wait for so, september's yeah. episode yeah. My, my thing
0: about labor, labor day, day oh our labor day episode is going to just be me drunken ranting my, my thing about um, labor day
2: is that like hey why not why can't workers get two days yeah, you know,
1: Labor Day Week, Union Buster of the Week is yeah. going to be Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> um,
0: we, we can have two workers holidays as a, as a treat. Um, so, uh, so, I mean, historically speaking, like May Day has a lot of resonance for workers, but it's also never really been embraced by, for lack of a better term, like the mainstream of the American labor right. movement. But. One of the interesting things just that has been added onto it in the past like 14, 15 years, uh, and I, this is a personally a really resonant experience for me, is in 2006, of course, um, you have the second Bush administration, um, quote unquote, immigration reforms, and a lot of nationwide um, immigrant justice protests occurred on May day in 2006. And I remember this because I grew up in Los Angeles and I remember my high school basically shut down for all these protests. And so it's become on the one hand, it originally was, you know, steeped in the labor movement, the militant wing of the labor movement. And it's become both that, but also like this day that's really resonant with like the immigrant justice uh, movement. Um, Right. Which has sometimes been like a thorny issue for organized labor. So, so like that's kind of like the background of like Labor Day in a nutshell. Right. Um, cool. Mayday.
2: And now, and now May Day is now May Day. And now May Day is such a sort of a key moment, and it kind of it comes at a very sort of interesting time like we said before when people aren't working and rent is obviously due like it is every year on the first of the month it's just a very interesting sort of timing in this whole situation um, because there's been very little rent relief that's been given to directly to none related tenants uh and, and anything that's been given to people is to like to the sort of landlords large landlords large-scale landlords for sure
0: i mean has there been any like is there anyone that's doing renters' rights correctly right now?
1: I was about to ask that question, yeah. Brendan. Like, is there, who's doing it the best right now?
0: <laughs> yeah, what is, you're like, really the putting,
1: precedent? you really putting that me is... on the
3: spot. Uh, the well, what, I mean, what, what, <laughs> what, um what, what would it mean to be doing uh, tenants rights correctly
1: where has maybe any like local legislation been passed where who's having the best kind of leadership is who's, there anybody that we can just give some credit to who's been the most successful some shout out that we can look forward to point out uh,
3: yes um, the the the, the, the uh, housing justice for all is a coalition in new york um, that has been doing a lot of really good work and th- you know there are, like, electives who are okay, <laughs> like who are decent. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: what what uh, what's okay? Like, what is the right thing to do right now?
3: I mean, the right thing to do right now is 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 to accede to these demands, which would be to to cancel to cancel rent and mortgage payments for uh, for the duration of the of the crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, that as far as as far as i know that still seems pretty far away um i I don't know that there is anywhere that has been um has like where that's been seriously taken up um and 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 hashed out by by legislators
1: so let's like kind of shift gears but not entirely on this when it comes to obviously like tenant rights and paying rent like what role do we like want to even like the way that May Day became, you know, as Connor was talking about in 2006, like they're really when it's taken off as like immigrant workers day and so right now, right. as we're kind of like talking about tenant rights like what role does the labor movement have in fighting for tenant rights as much as they started to fight for immigrant rights. Through May Day and even even outside of just May Day, right. obviously, at the end of the day, everything is, is going to be further than just May 1st. We're not yeah. going to solve it all right now Every on day. May 1st.
0: You know, I did, a, I did an interview with um, an activist with the uh, uh, Longshore uh, Workers in uh, Tacoma, Washington, a couple of years ago now. Um, where he pointed out that basically like the landlord is like the same way that you have a work boss, the landlord is your home boss. And Mm -hmm. there's a connection between like work and home that determines whether or not you can continue living. And so like that, I I thought that was an amazing way of connecting because he was pointing out why ILWU got so involved in like this thing that, a lot of people wouldn't think are think is necessarily a labor struggle, mm-hmm. and so like, I don't know, like what can labor do to actually connect the struggle to make a decent wage to the struggle to keep a roof over your head?
3: I mean, look, I mean, I, I feel like the 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 default answer that you hear a lot to that question is to point to the historical precedent um, where. Unions um, fought for fought for fought for the building of of public housing, um, and and in some cases for like housing for their members um, to be built. Uh, In like I think between the twenties and seventies, like this was a not common thing, but it was like a real thing that that happened, and had had there was a political will for it, and and um, they got it done that you know the the terrain on which that was possible doesn't exist anymore if only because uh, i think my understanding is correct is that there is like literally a federal law on the books preventing new funding for preventing funding for new federally built housing um so you know one thing that (laughs) i mean that like might be one thing that the, that the labor movement
2: Roll that back. Say again. I said roll that back. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah,
3: roll that. But like, like union, the labor movement ought to, you know, ought to fight to to, to roll roll that back, and and as, and I think that is part of the um, you know, the Green New Deal for housing, mm-hmm. um, and that that aspect, which right. also, you know, we love to create jobs, and that would uh, that would create some jobs.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I just want to. I just want to add on. Like, I think primarily for me, I feel like definitely labor together uh, and not labor alone but labor together can have some leverage in legislation and I mm-hmm. think that right now it's labor is trying to figure out how to prioritize the needs of its members whether they're essential or laid off or whatever everybody's workforce is facing right now some way shape or form I think labor is now trying to figure out its own ass and how is it going to actually like lobby congress in, in this day and age and mm-hmm. I think adding something in there about making sure that workers can be able to live (laughs) and not be put out in the streets the same Mm -hmm. way we want to ensure that they can get their paychecks they can expand their health care they can make sure that we're saving jobs whether it's through the post office or making sure that any of like the future trades contracts become you know you know everything that we're fighting for as a labor platform has to include cash in our pockets to be able to afford basic needs and that includes rent right yeah
3: I mean, yeah. ultimately, like decommodify housing altogether, but <laughs> there are some some steps in between Baby steps. where we are now.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, it would be nice even just as kind of like an interim step, like there's a lot of legislation basically preempting um, rent control in California, mm-hmm. for example. Um that has been the subject of a lot of activism um among progressives you know tenant organizers the left in uh california that like labor may not have necessarily been all that involved in Um, and labor does have some leverage just thinking about california in uh in actually kind of uh, affecting housing questions like for example the building trades um I mean, they have some leverage to be able to push for okay, if we're building new housing instead of building luxury housing, why aren't we building affordable housing? Why aren't we building mm-hmm. public housing? Like, there's some leverage there to be able to deal with housing in the long term that for some reason or another, labor doesn't necessarily, some unions do, and some labor leaders definitely do. But I think that more now than ever, we're going to see labor actually waking up to the reality that what your rent is and your ability to pay your rent is absolutely a worker issue.
3: Yeah, one one would hope so.
0: Yeah, one would hope so. But I mean, I think that's the interesting thing that could potentially come out of this mayday is that with all of the tenant activism, mm-hmm. you might see the kind of shift that you saw in 2006 when you saw Labor finally kind of recognizing, I think, um, the importance of embracing immigration justice um, unevenly, of course, but like, you know, led by unions like Unite Here, Mm -hmm. like embracing immigration justice as something that was crucial for the labor movement to address.
2: And it's an important sense because it's a survival issue for the organizations as well, isn't it? i mean if if we have a, a labor movement that, that has members that can't afford to uh can't afford to live in any sense like they can't afford housing they can't afford food they can't afford whatever how are they also expected to be able to sort of contribute any extra energy time or money to to whatever union they're a part of
1: it's also it's also an organizing opportunity too absolutely like if you think about- it is what do we got right now it's like <laughs> when you think about people are out of work so they don't really even have paychecks but also health insurance like there's no like opportunity right now mm-hmm. that, and because people are so dire and like mm-hmm. needing to like prioritize just such basic like as was mentioned just survival needs and like shelter over your head is one of them and Important. and i think that like when <laughs> the argument in the past when you have like tenant rights, justice is like, well, landlords aren't all bad. And you know, they're just trying to blah, 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 blah. Like none of that is mattering right now. It's all irrelevant. Mm-hmm. No one can even say that somebody who can't pay rent right now is doing it because they're lazy And a bill. If oh, you can't afford rent on this job, why don't you just go get a better one? Guess what? There's literally no jobs. Like mm-hmm. there's no other choice. And they think things are just so dire that when you're coming to new organizing right now, those dire moments are all people are looking for.
0: I mean, that's that's an incredible point that this is an opportunity for labor because, and I'm just thinking about this, like organized labor, even if they were just to map out, like even if they were just to map out where their members live, like especially in high density areas like if the local central labor council yeah they would be able to like find like okay we've got union members across this this and this union that all live in this same apartment building why don't we pressure for you know like rent forgiveness Mm -hmm. for the duration of the pandemic like even if we can't engage them in normal you know workplace issues this is still even in you know the normal kind of like labor interpretation of what their jobs are you know like this is a bread and butter issue the ability to pay rent or to get evicted like what happens with your home is still a bread and butter issue so if we can't engage them at the workplace why aren't we engaging them at home Mm
1: -hmm. yes we want bread but we also want shelter too
3: (laughs) (laughs) i mean this this kind of for me prompts the question though that or I guess like where the comparison to 2006 sort of breaks down is that, you know, and, and also the, uh, my understanding of, of what happened is that there was, it was really kind of a series of of escalating strikes and escalating uh, d- days without a, days without an immigrant days without a migrant worker mm-hmm. that culminated in, in May 1st, when, as, as you said, like, los angeles was basically shut down like other major cities were affect. Were like they were effectively general strikes um and that i think like the afl-cio was like kind of like was starting to change its orientation towards migrant labor but that you know those those kinds of demonstrations and those kinds of strikes like solidify that and we can't do that <laughs> right now like they're you know what? Sol- what solidarity demands is 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 social distancing is is, is staying is staying home yada 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 mm-hmm. so like theoretically it makes sense to me that this is an opportunity for stitching together these kinds of struggles but it's hard for me to see how that is enacted um, through through collective, collective action, action. And, and, and concert like the, the mass 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 movements because like what are we what are we supposed to do
0: so the, maybe that's, that's a like good the question yeah. of
1: the week every week right now <laughs> no matter right. what we're talking about when we talk about the labor movement like what are we supposed to do now <laughs> like, yeah like, like yeah like, absolutely, what absolutely and i think at the end of the day it's like how are we getting creative over yeah. over years and years we and the movement have to adjust and adapt to whatever the situation is. And it sucks because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity right now that is just like, unless we figure out how to be creative over figuring it out digitally or however, like we can't lose the momentum because as soon as things open back up, whether it's a year from now or a week from now, that momentum is going to die down a little bit. Oh, a lot. Like, yeah. A and it, it, it's I, like it, it'll be really disappointing if we all go through this hell life, and nothing comes to shit yeah. for
0: it. you know, um, you know I, I, I kind of, I see where you're coming from, but I also look at it from the perspective of our job in the interim, is to keep to, stoke the fires to make sure that instead of it dying down when this all like is lifted, we're ready to just you know come out swinging. Um, I'm mixing my metaphors, but you know, like <laughs> so you know I it's think a good that's point. like th- that's what we can do in the interim is to make sure that we we do what we can to make sure that when this is all lifted, we're ready to you know we're ready to go. Um, we're not going to win it right now mm-hmm. because our hands are tied in what we can do, but we're able to set up winning it in eight months, 10 months, however long it takes. And, and, and
2: is it going to be a critical moment when when everybody does sort of like, when this thing does sort of lift and everybody suddenly kind of goes back to work at the same time, that's kind of a really rubber hits the road pivotal moment for for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And you know, that
1: point was, was brought up to me actually earlier today. I had somebody point out who's like, I'm going to be going into the workforce the same time as like 40 million people. And that scares me. And I hadn't even realized that when things do reopen mm-hmm. like how is anyways that's me might, might like a down the road entire episode mm-hmm. but that was um
2: what's the plan folks
1: yeah what is the plan guys <laughs> uh, let's us collectively this group of four here right now We should figure it out.
0: If you would like to learn how to win a uh, worker's power over the American economy when COVID-19 pandemic has ended, uh, please continue listening to Union Thoughts. You can follow (laughs) us at at Union Thought Pod on Twitter. Um, We have all the answers.
1: (laughs) I think we just came up with a slogan. Union (laughs) Thoughts. We have all the answers. I thought we would be
2: the official podcast of Big Labor.
0: Thinking about like... Oh,
1: I love that. The official <laughs> podcast of big labor. Hell yeah. I'm proud to be big labor.
0: So uh, thinking about like w- like this question of what we can and can't do and what the point of doing anything right now is, is like a very active question for anyone that's trying to do like any kind of activism. Like, what can labor do right now? Mm-hmm. Like, what can workers do right now? Or what are they doing? Like, w- there's a lot of stuff planned for Mayday. So mm-hmm. like, what So, like, thinking a little bit about, like, this big question of what can be done, like, obviously, it's not going to be perfect. We're not going to, like, we're not going to win everything right now, but we can keep the fires kind of burning, like. What do you do? Yeah, what do you do right now?
2: Or what is happening right now?
1: I mean. A lot on Zoom. Um,
0: (laughs) So much on Zoom. I think
1: that, I mean, like, what, I mean, it goes to say, like, what can we do and. You know, I think it is important to make sure that we are doing things and I'm not against all of these like virtual things that are happening virtual town halls virtual panels virtual actions, because that is literally where we all exist now and that's virtually and I think what's important is to like figure out for down the road, how can we be more coordinated and all of these
2: virtual activities 100 um, and how do we turn them into real activities as soon as we can so that energy that we were talking about in the room that doesn't disappear after that rubber hits the road moment
0: i think the really interesting part is like seeing um some unions actually kind of embrace mayday in a way that like unions have historically run away from mayday like uh, shout out to the painters like the painters union is embracing mayday which I mean is Hell yeah. incredible. Hell yeah! I mean, um, yeah. No,
1: I, I shout out to IU Pat right now. They're organizing, um, even having um, IU leaders from different unions do some sort of solidarity video as part of their plans for May Day. And I think whatever description, I don't know, whatever people can look in our comments or whatever to look for this because we should share it and acknowledge it. But. Um, I think it's really cool. They're trying to connect different workers in different sectors. Like I know Detailer from Unite Here is going to be submitting some video in some capacity for the painters, and I always appreciate that. Like the, these are also two unions that have worked together in the past on immigration reform, including TPS lobbying. So I think that's always really exciting to me.
0: And it seems like a lot of like just rank and file, kind of like even outside of like the normal structure of labor unions, like new orleans hospitality workers like a lot of target workers and local 23 whole foods like what what's that
2: shout out to local 23
0: yep so i mean like a lot of um and a lot of workers that are working in like frontline places or places that are essential quote-unquote essential to keeping the economy going are like realizing the leverage that they have and it's it'll be really genuinely interesting to see like them exercising that Mm -hmm. um, because they have an enormous amount of ability to actually, you know, I mean, Amazon workers, literally of like any other workers in the American economy have so much structural leverage right now, and it will be amazing to see if they do and how they do, uh, how they, how they exercise that.
2: Mm
0: So, I mean, there, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's like going on around Mayday. I want to give a shout out. This is not an official union thoughts like line or perspective. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Labor Notes for having a uh, forum with um, Stacey Davis Gates, right. um, also Sarah Nelson and uh, Sarah Jaffe. Um, that's going to be pretty awesome also sarah nelson getting elected the next afl cio president is going to be pretty crucial to um (laughs) to channeling all of this in a positive direction so um shout out to that a lot of interesting stuff going on
1: i don't know what that has to do with covid right now though Are we even gonna are we gonna still have a planet when we're ready to have an IOFOL infection? I don't know. Oh
0: god. I mean, um I think this my, actually
1: brings sorry, go on.
3: I was just gonna say my my union is doing a uh, an online screening of uh Dolly Partons nine to five for members. Oh, that's
0: awesome. That oh <laughs> that is my single favorite May first activity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can you can you hook some non members up? Aren't you? Aren't you a member? Of oh National wait, Rising? I'm an NWU member. Yeah, yeah. no. I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm
1: gonna do yeah. Is it like is Dolly Parton singing for y'all?
0: No,
3: no, no. <laughs> watching a no, movie. No. We're, we're we're doing like a. If we can get
2: her show up, that'd be pretty cool though.
3: <laughs> we're doing like a, a private, not a pri- Yeah, I guess like a private Twitch, screens sc- uh, screenings so that like everyone can watch it and then just like. Like chat with each other it's amazing
1: yeah um so i think bringing up um amazon and whole foods is a really great segue into union buster of the week
0: oh
1: i think under covid if we even wanted to make union buster of the week like what's amazon doing now (laughs) we could but we'll try to be more topical however i think union buster of the week this week
0: this one could be forever made the cut Like, honestly, we'll be up front. Amazon could be like Jeff Bezos specifically could be the union buster of the week literally every fucking week. Like he honestly might just be our permanent union buster of the week.
1: Lifetime, we'll just name award. it. We'll just name it after
2: him. We'll name it after him. The buster Jeff the Bezos week. Memorial Union Buster yeah. of the Week award.
0: Oh, honestly, okay. So, in future episodes, it is going to be the Jeff Bezos Union Buster of the Week. Um, I, I disagree with that. I don't think
1: he's historically the worst Union Buster out there. I'm pretty sure right. Connor, literally, your grandfather, has probably done worse <laughs> than Larry. Uh, okay, than Jeff Bezos. Andrew Carnegie.
0: We'll go with Andrew Carnegie then. I'm gonna um, talk this go so, on, to go a
1: guests. Let's have Henry our Ford, guests yeah. kick off. Um, just how we described this segment to you earlier, Brendan.
3: Oh, it's just us uh, getting mad together about the same thing. Moment of rage. Let's
2: get mad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is um, honestly.
2: What's Amazon cool doing? Foods. I'm not mad right now. What's Amazon doing?
0: <laughs> so what the fuck is this heat map thing?
2: What is that?
3: So, uh. Business Insider broke the story that Whole Foods has developed and Whole Foods management has developed a heat map of all of its locations in the United States. And there's all kinds of algorithmic factors that that go into building the heat map. And it's basically a like which stores are most at risk of unionizing right now. Oh. And... What I mean, and this is like I think fairly common practice, and amongst lots of big companies to do this kind of thing. But was it, what was interesting to me about the story was that they were actually able to describe like what are the factors, and, like what are the variables that Whole Foods considers to be uh, like to be risk 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 factors in in union unionization. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that jumped out at me about this was that. As far as the bosses at Whole Foods are concerned, the more um, diverse the workforce at a given store <laughs> is, the less likely they are to unionize. And another way of interpreting That's that, I think, say again.
2: That's sort of like classic, way... though. Like, like dividing, yeah, exactly. like, oh, we we're gonna hire some Italians or whatever. Like, like that goes back to the eighteen hundreds.
3: One hundred percent. That it's just like okay, like they, they, the bosses understand that, like race is something that they can use to keep people um to keep people to keep keep workers divided mm-hmm. uh that that was like the to me that was like the subtext of this of the business insider report um
1: what God, did y'all that think is, that is disgusting mm-hmm. how about that because it's I, union busting
2: just, no no i
1: you know it is so infuriating because that's actually like i did not even appreciate that context mm-hmm. of it all To me, I was just frustrating, like, look how great and down they have this mapping of a bunch of different layers of information to have a concrete, Mm -hmm. like, theory, right? (laughs) How great if they put in all these minds and effort and expertise into, I don't know, mapping, like, COVID cases, right? (laughs) Instead, Not interested. No, no, this is where to prioritize all these brains and, like, wow, like, the research is incredible. Like I know some badass union researchers and like we could use people from that what, team. What were? Like that's what's disturbing of it all is that they're doing our job better than us. What mm-hmm. were
2: some other components I mean, other than uh other than sort of the ethnicity sort of component that, that you just mentioned?
1: I mean Uh
3: one, one of them was um uh like OSHA complaints.
2: <laughs> I guess that I guess that um, is I guess it is measurable I suppose. <laughs>
1: oh gosh there's just like it's clear to them that they feel like if people aren't educated about their rights then they're less likely to form a union so I think for me the the best takeaway (laughs) is like let's scare the shit out of this company by I don't know educating more of their workers because that seems to be the biggest of their fears Mm -hmm.
0: the takeaway is file OSHA complaints over fucking everything if
2: you want your boss (laughs) to start to have like these fucking meetings then yeah that's what you do but (laughs) This is oh,
3: yeah. oh. <sighs> oh also God. also, okay, let me let me just let me just read these these two lines from from the story. Uh-huh. Um, the store's individual risk scores are calculated from more than two dozen metrics, including employee quote unquote, loyalty, Whoa. turnover, and racial diversity tip line calls to human resources Ah. not your friend folks
2: never has Uh, been, never will be
3: proximity, proximity to a union office and violations recorded by OSHA. MAP also tracks local economic and demographic factors such as the unemployment rate in a store's location and the percentage of families in the area living below the poverty
1: line
2: Pay him more than if you don't want him to be pissed off. <laughs> this is
0: so again, this Wait, is. I just want to point
1: out remember when they announced they're like, oh my God, thank you so much, Amazon, for deciding to give us $15 an hour. Yeah. Let's think about that again, yeah. based on what was, you just read out loud. Why did they do that?
0: I yeah. just, this is all again, all of these factors, all of the effort. All of the money, the labor, everything put into tracking whether or not workers were inclined to organize. That was a decision that these motherfuckers made to put this money, this effort, this labor into tracking whether or not their, their workers would organize rather than fucking paying them. That's like, because it probably saves all... them
2: money in the long run. I mean, let's be completely yeah. honest here. But but by, by having a sword, you know, over the workers at all times, they're. I mean, essentially, they're paying. They're, they've made a calculation that it's worth it to do the bullshit that they're doing. Not only Without because, power. yeah, it's, no, a, it's yeah, a power it has, question. Really, no, under
1: COVID more than ever. It's not about saving a few bucks it's It's about about the power power. and god forbid it's about both a a diverse workforce feels like it's empowered to i don't know take some of its rights back good good lord that's a no i mean i've
0: literally had bosses fucking admit this to me that literally it does not come down to dollars and cents for them it comes down to can i tell the workforce to do whatever the fuck i want them to do yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with actual money. It has everything to do with power, and so know. they're making this enormous investment into c- maintaining power over their workforce. I mean, they have this to. Is they still
2: have to turn the vile. profit. They still have to turn the profits, though. If they're not turning profits, if it, if it comes to the point where where all the crap that they're doing affects their margins, then they can't do it. Sort of as a function of the system, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, there is that. Honestly, my takeaway from this is, I want that fucking heat map. Like, mm-hmm. I will do, I will do insane things. Yeah, to get a copy of that fucking heat map. What are some things <laughs> you a would shout do? Shout out
1: to Amazon right now. Connor Lewis will do some insane. Yeah. That I interpret dirty. <laughs> I, I will would say, for I would set up access to yeah. a heat map. In I will set up an, an fans
0: yeah. to fundraise for this. Like, I want James that fucking heat That's heat
1: right. Heat right. Heat okay. I don't
0: know. I don't know if, if anybody wants that.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I think we're going to need to offer give people some who... more
0: <laughs> that. I got to give people what they actually want, but I want this fucking heat map.
1: Hey Amazon, but next do... week we won't have Connor Lewis on. Go ahead, Brandon. How about that trade-off? Less of Connor, not more.
2: Go ahead, Brandon. I mean,
3: I, I was I was just I was just going to say that, like it it is really interesting how like as like as the pandemic hit, Amazon began like, they, they made a handful of concessions to workers that workers at Amazon have been, have been fighting for for years. And it's so clear, like, and just to, the, to, to your point, that it's not, you know, it's not about the money. It's about power. And that, like, doing, the, I think that was, like, you know, from their perspective, like, a good tactical choice right. to preempt and, and stave off um, or to try to stave off a wave of of unionization because you know like th- i mean this is this is the time for it like and and it seems to be the case that um it seems to be the case that that those that those you know crumbs that they threw to to their workers were not sufficient to um pat down on on the batten down on on the rising militancy mm-hmm. um but like it just, just to the, just to the point that it underscores that it's not about the money; it's about power.
2: Right.
1: And that's why, for probably what is not going to be the only week during COVID, Amazon gets the designation of <laughs> Union Buster of the Week.
2: Boom. Or is, uh,
1: other title, otherwise titled what's amazon doing now
0: yeah literally <laughs> going to be a recurring segment <laughs> what the fuck has amazon done this week all
2: right
1: well folks. thank you brendan
2: brendan you want to shout anything out this week Do you need to plug anything I Shout anything out? i think
1: we should open up some space and let us know what what's brendan doing right now
0: yeah what are you what up am, to brendan Plugs and shout out?
3: Right now? um right now uh well, oh god what am i doing um work-wise i am uh I owe my, uh, my editors at Haymarket a, a draft of my book at the end of this week. What are you writing a book members?
1: about? <laughs> um, awesome. I shared an office with Haymarket. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
3: Um, What's your book about? So, It is about uh, immigration, mm-hmm. capitalism and the far right.
2: Oh, wow. And when can we expect yeah. that?
3: Uh, right now it is due to be published in September. Oh. Um as far as I know, that's still, you know, we're still on schedule. Um, but obviously it's su- subject subject to change.
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully Brendan's book and baby Yoda are on schedule for fall. Yeah. Sure. <laughs>
2: and I, I also hope that. And we <laughs> can follow you on Twitter at Grendon.
3: You at you can follow
0: me on Twitter at underscore Grendon. Mm-hmm. G-R-E-N-D-A-N. Cool. So Absolutely fantastic. And you can uh, find a little bit more of Brendan's work. He's a regular columnist at uh, The Baffler. So you can mm. find him there. Uh, he freelances with a number of publications. And of course, and this is a shameless self promotion <laughs> as well. Um, he is part of the editorial collective of uh, Strike Wave, which I am also a part of the editorial collective. Um, yes. So you can see his work there as well. Um, thanks, Brendan, for, for being on.
3: Thanks for having me on, it was a pleasure.
0: All right, so as always, um, we are Union Thoughts. Um, I'm Connor, Uh, you can follow me at at the House of Red on Twitter. Um, Don't follow me on any other social media platform, just Twitter. Uh, Done. There's gonna be enough bad takes on just Twitter. Uh, And then of course we have Diana.
1: You can follow me at HeyDiana, but also I just have to say, Connor has like my favorite Twitter handle out there, the House Red. It's a good one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting real. We're getting real here right now. All right. And then, of course, we have Jeff.
2: Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Eminent Prof. Also, if you live in the New Orleans area or if you don't listen to Good Morning Comrade every Tuesday, uh, WHIV FM 102.3. You can also check us out online at GoodMorningComrade.com.
0: And then, of course, you can also follow our guest, Brendan O'Connor at at underscore grendan g-r-e-n-d-a-n you can follow him at that on twitter uh, and then of course also follow us on twitter at uh at union thought pod we're gonna have fantastic content
2: see you everybody bye, bye.